was going to share that with you and then thought better of it. Anyway, nice to have you company. Welcome along to the, uh, the programme. It's, you know, I don't know what day it is today. I'm having one of the, I'm having a mare of morning. It's Wednesday. And I knew it was Wednesday because Jordan's on the front of every paper and inside uh, a lesbian has been outed. Just the kind of thing you need on a Wednesday, isn't it? You walk in, you go through the papers. And I, I, I thought it was going to be Jordan because uh, Miss Vile uh, has been, you know, lash, lashing out at Alex and this and that. I will not have him exploiting my children. This from the woman who sticks her children on every blooming programme possible. You know, here are the cameras. Come on, kids. Come on, kids. The moment somebody else does it, she doesn't like it. And hard to believe that this marriage has only lasted 11 months. I mean, you'd seriously think with the way she was talking, it'd been about 12 years down the line. No, no, no. Miss Vile, who did it all for publicity purposes. I mean, there was no... She went, oh, I thought I rushed into it. Well, that's what we were saying, but of course, you know best. Sadly, as Jane Moore says in The Sun today, and she's absolutely right, Katie Price hates herself. And until you can learn to like yourself, you're never, ever going to have a happy marriage or a happy relationship. And that's exactly what she's had. She'd has, she's had misery. She's surrounded by people she pays to be with her. She goes out, she pays. You know, I'll let you do this for me, I'll pay you, and then you can be my friend. The truth of the matter is, probably most of them couldn't give a toss about her. Because I bet you anything, the moment she dumped them, and she does dump her friends quite quickly, then you end up, you know, in the situation where she's a bit lonely. And then she has to go back to previous people that she's really hacked off. People like Dane Bowers. You know, and then she says in one of her interviews, because she's so desperate to clutch at anything she thinks made her happy. But of course, if you remember when her and Peter Andre split, he said, I'm not giving the reasons, I'm just telling you it will never happen again. Because she's so vile. That's the trouble with her. She's so revolting that the only person who knows that are people who've been around her. And that's why Alex can make a small fortune. I mean, I'm quite sure, you know, he's a simpleton. I'll tell you what really annoyed me. What really annoyed me, out of everything. I mean, I, to be honest with you, I'm not bothered. A couple who, who milk the media deserve everything they get. I couldn't care less what she could fall off the Empire State Building. I wouldn't give a toss. He could disappear completely. I couldn't care less. I'm not interested. She was stupid enough to marry him. He was even more stupid to think that he was in love with her. Nobody's in love with her. She's vile. You've only got to look at her track record. But the thing that I found absolutely amazing, yesterday, some of his stuff starts getting moved out of the house, out of her house, as she describes it. Although I always thought they were still married, so it's technically their house. And, and the police are there. And the police are helping Alex Reed move his stuff out of the house. I'm sorry, have the police just become a removal firm or something? Have I missed this one? You know, I mean, up until now, I've used Pickford's. But to be quite honest, if the local constabulary are willing to, willing to move boxes, let's get them in. They were happy to do it down at Jordan's place yesterday. I mean, I can't... I, I read it, and I, I looked at the picture, and it did look as if it was a uh, police officer who was, who was moving Alex's stuff. And I'm, I'm either thinking, perhaps you can rent them now and they just come in and do, you know, can you sort of do a bit of weeding and gardening and hoovering and all that kind of stuff, but to move his boxes. I mean, these police officers are going to be reprimanded. What the bloody hell do they think they're doing? Unless they're all different down there or something, and that, that's what they do because they like to be on the, on the television. Because I find it deeply disturbing that, uh, that the police officers are wasting their time with, with nothing to do with them at all when there must be crimes being committed and, the, and, and they're not bloody well doing anything. Very, very annoying. Very annoying. Anyway, lovely picture here of um, a Sting and Trudy in Jane Moore's column. And she does say what the rest of us said, I'm afraid, which is after the latest toe-curling interview about their sexploits, you know, where they were going, oh, we'd do it for hours. She says here, listen, get a room, lock it, 
and stay in it forever. Because, to be honest with you, who wants to hear about two old wrinklies at it for hours on end? It makes me physically sick. Shut up. Shut up. Shut up. But she does talk about uh, the only person Katie never loved is herself. Because what, what she does now, she's in this cripplingly low self-esteem. So, if, if in doubt, I mean, I don't know how any of us ever cope with life. It's just too traumatic. I'm doing this for my kids. I'm oh, sorry, it's Kerry Katona. Oh, it's another weak one, isn't it? I do beg your pardon. Peter Andre, I really love you. Really, I'm doing this. For, oh, shut up, bunch of wusses. And so the, the rest of us must really be at a really difficult place in life because I have to get up at two o'clock in the morning. God love you. And, and I get in a car. This morning we run over a fox on the way here. Oh, dear. I tell you, then I'll make a bang under the car. I've never heard such a noise. I seriously thought a wheel had fallen off. I had no idea because because uh, uh, they're quite big foxes. Well, to be honest with you, I mean it's not as big as it used to be. But anyway, it's uh, it was quite a big fox, half it over, and I I couldn't be bothered to look. But we did follow the sat nav. There's obviously one sort of sat nav that gets some of the drivers I get in the morning from where I live in Twickenham to here via everywhere. Three days ago, we went through Roehampton. We ended up coming in through Wandsworth. I've never done such a trip in my life, apart from about a year ago. This morning, we go through Richmond Town Centre, whereas I'm on the A316. It's just... It's a, it, it couldn't be more of a straight road. So, anyway. And uh, so then there's this bang, because I always close my eyes in the back, so I'm dreaming about, you know, happy things like chocolate fountains, Jordan, you know, his marriage collapsing, Jordan never finding another man, uh, Jordan just... Because there's nobody on the horizon apart from... God, who's she got? Well, Peter Andre's not interested. He's with the uh, the Spanish midget, Ellen, because uh, she's she underwear model. And I, sp- I passionate, passionate, but it just didn't manifest itself on the ice. And Dane Bowers, and she slagged him off to the ground, so she'll have to toady up to him. Uh, or Amir Khan. Not really much of a choice, is it, really, I'm afraid? Uh, or failing that, one of her gay uh, makeup artists. Uh, you know, they're not going to be interested in her because they're enjoying the publicity because they've already been on television and they've had their four weddings and uh, whatever it was, and that was very nice. And then the public suddenly realised that they weren't interested in them either. I never actually discovered whether or not Gary Cockrell's book sold about makeup, or whether it's, it's in Poundland. I must scour through Poundland. It must be in there somewhere. And so Jane Moore says that if, if, when all these things happen, what does Katie Price do? She takes off her little handbags, her little hanger-oners, and they go off to have Botox. Or they go off to have their hair dyed. And this apparently solves the problems. Everybody else goes, we've all been through it. You know, we've all been through sort of down moments. Unfortunately, poor old Katie Price is so immature and so stupid, she has no idea how to handle it. The rest of us handle it. You know, you go through relationship breakups, you go through a time when you think, oh, God, I don't open that. I know it's a bill. I know it's a bill. And you don't want to do it. She makes a fortune, but it's made her so much more of a miserable person. Imagine having 35 million quid in the bank and being that miserable. Ha, 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 ha. Whoever said money doesn't buy you happiness? Me. Uh, because it can buy you material things. In her case, it has to buy her her friends. Because given the choice, they've probably been on the receiving end of Miss, Miss Viper Tongue. For that, I called myself that occasionally. <laughs> Honestly, it's so funny, because you mention things on this programme and you, you tend to forget that, in fact, everybody is listening in going, oh, hope he mentions me. Hope he mentions me. Hope he mentions me. And then you do mention them and they go, he mentioned me. And somebody would go, oh, that, that'll be complimentary then if it's come from Steve Allen. Because <laughs> it generally is. But we only mention people, you know, if they are not. I thought numpty was my word. Piers Morgan started nicking my words. Stop it, Piers. I said to you the last time we met, do not nick my programme. 
I said that to Chris Moyles. Do not nick my programme. Actually, given, given the opportunity of putting somebody on the ice, the sidekick you don't want on the ice, unless they're really desperate. And they probably don't earn very much as sidekicks. What Comedy Dave does, God alone knows. But then we discover there's the bald one who does a little programme, and he has to tell you who he is at the end of it. And I'm so-and-so, I'm the newsreader on Chris Moyles' breakfast. Oh, please, do me a favour. And then apparently there's a sports presenter. Well, we've got no idea, love, who you are, but it's very sweet of you to make a contribution to the programme. And thank you so much for mentioning me. OK? But uh, I'm still laughing all the way to the bank. Right, now, the other thing in the paper this morning is the schoolboy who was kicked out. He says he's 14. The authorities say, no, you ain't, mate, you're 24. And there's a picture of him here. And here he is. Uh, he looks 24. This boy does not look 40. Perhaps these people tell lies. This is a guy called... Um, Prince Summerfield joined, yes, I know, uh, joined year nine as a 14 year old at the start of the new term last week. Prince Summerfield, he's called. Okay, right. 48 hours later, he was sent home after teachers had suspicions that he was a man a decade older. In a letter to his mum, Enetti, and stepdad David, he was even branded a child protection risk. Malawi born prince, who's five foot eight and ten stone, arrived at the, uh, the school. But the headmaster says he clearly looked much older than 14 and seemed uncertain which year he was born in. He said he claimed he was born in 86. Uh, and then he corrected himself, said, no, 96. You know, because people who do tell lies have to remember. Anyway, he, he said, I don't want him here. However, Prince's mum and stepdad insisted he was 14 and produced papers, including a Malawi birth certificate, which I'm assuming you can make up on a, Tom, a John Bull printing outfit nowadays. I've got no idea. But you've only got to look at a picture of this bloke. If that's 14, I'm Dutch. OK? It strikes me as being... I don't quite understand why you'd want to put a 24-year-old or anybody who's older than 14 in a school and pretend they're not, unless you're trying to cheat the system. And I tell you, I was at... Where did I go yesterday? Hammersmith. God, what a dump Hammersmith is. I've forgotten how blooming awful it was. How blooming awful it was. And loads of women with pushchairs laden shopping like there's no tomorrow. I don't know how much benefit fraud goes on around Hammersmith, but I'm telling you, these people... I mean, everybody else, you know, even her next door, she can't go out and go laden... And she's working. All these people who aren't working during the daytime, they're pushing prams, and they're laden up with goods. And I'm thinking, what do you do for a living? I'm just waiting for you to be exposed on the television as somebody else who thieves from this country. Because every time I say, I think we should just have a big cesspit and just take them and go, did you thieve? And just drop a minute. Makes it so much easier. Look at this, look. What do you think that is, that there? Okay? Um, it's... Stalactite? No, no, it's a fountain that's frozen. It's a waterfall. And look, that's the climber climbing up it. Look how big that is. Oh, my word. It's in Norway. In a place called Eidfjord. Maybe we can go there next. Pass Gee, that's you a good idea. You could climb up there, couldn't you? I, well, I could stand and direct you, yes. <laughs> I mean, absolutely. <laughs> but he's... you holding my rope. Well, well, you're probably very wise there. I have to be honest, given the choice about eating a Mars bar or holding your rope, I think the Mars bar wins hands down. She's very excited. She's got her iPod working. It's only taken about two months, but it's a slow process. But you have to look at the picture of the paper today. In the same, in the same way, you have to look at the picture in some of the papers of Betty Kitten, who is Jonathan Ross's daughter, who he outed as, as a lesbian. Even though I thought she tweeted ages ago she was a lesbian. I can't see there's any problem with it, because it makes big news now. And then you look at a picture and you go, yeah, right, you know, that's it. So, so she's a lesbian. Who cares? Jonathan's obviously making a big deal. Now, of course, if little Harvey turned out to be homosexual, that'd be marginally more interesting, because they're not the most attractive family you've ever seen. 
News headlines. More protests are likely in London later as a decision is made about scrapping a grant for some of the poorest teenagers. Many 16 to 18-year-olds get a £30 weekly education maintenance allowance to cover things like travel, but the government want to get rid of it. The government's preparing to publish its controversial NHS reform plans. The Health and Social Care Bill contains plans to pass control of most of the NHS budget to, G- budget to GPs who will take control of commissioning services for patients. And demand for Macs, iPhones and iPads mean Apple made a record £3.7 billion profit in the run-up to Christmas. It's more than 70% up on the year before and comes as the man at the top. Steve Jobs takes leave because of his health. Let's have a check on the state of roads for you this morning. Get in there nice and quick. Jay Louise. Thank you. Go to lbc.co.uk slash podcasts. Morning, everybody. Nice to have your company. To have your company. Do you know, I was watching uh, yesterday the film... Uh, oh, I forgot what the blasted film was. Anyway, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. But in it, it had lots of schoolboys, and they were going, Crikey, did you have a good holes? You know, and all this sort of stuff. And I thought, when did we go from, from school kids bouncing around in their dormitories going, Crikey, Bins Minor, did you have a really good holes with your mum and dad? You know, and we had a telephone installed. Does it work? Not really, no. But we've got it installed. To F off you this and that, and, and kids who cannot speak. I was, I was going through Waterloo Station the other day, and there's two men, and I heard this filth language, you know, coming, effing and blinding, and they're two middle-aged men in, let's just call them workman's clothes, who are waiting to get on a train that's people getting off. I've never heard such language. I mean, but are these people like it? Well, it's small wonder the kids start appearing on, uh, on sort of the Jeremy Kyle show. Well, you've got people, they had yesterday, I mean, it was the classic numpties. It's three birds... Sorry, two birds and one mother, and the fat bloke who's had sex with nearly all three of them. And (laughs) Jeremy Kyle, bless his heart, king of the gypsies, is saying to the big fat girl who isn't pregnant by the girl, uh, by the, the man who she's with, but he slept with the other girl... Why are you with him when he slept with your best friend? And she said, well, maybe... And she spoke like this. Well, maybe, like, he's going to change, innit? Well, the audience wet themselves laughing. Even they didn't believe it. And I'm looking at her thinking, do you know, did you do an education at school? Were you actually in the class with other children where they said A, B, C... Or were you in another class outside? Because you listen to some of these people and you find it difficult to believe they've actually been through the education system. Apart from lie on your back, open your legs and have a child. I just don't see that the education system has done anything at all. That perhaps they were too stupid. Because I was certainly shouting at the television, you're too stupid to be there. Why make yourself look even thicker? And he's going, by his track record. And then, laugh, the mother of both these girls, because they, they, they were friends, the, the mother of, of the, the one who got pregnant, because they'd not had protective sex, and you can only laugh at the stupidity of this stupid woman, and this even more stupid man, uh, said... You know, and, and Jeremy Carl said to the mother, you know, has, has he tried it on with you? So she said, uh, no. She said, but he said, if he couldn't have my daughter, he'd have me. And she's saying this on national television. So the bloke, the ugliest, fattest, naffest thing, went, in your dreams. In, and I'm thinking, no, in your dreams. It was just atrocious. It was the most atrocious piece of television I've ever seen. I don't know why we bother. Why can't we just go and drown these people? Why do we have to bother having them on the television? Mind you, it all kicked off yesterday, didn't it? OK, we've got a bed and breakfast, and hello, take a booking. Hello, yes, Mr Preddy, yes. Uh, yes, yes, yes. Uh, yes, of course you can have... Oh, you're a, you're a homo couple. Right. Well, we don't mind you being homo, but you're not sharing a bed, because it says in the Bible that man shall not lie with man. We're not a Christian hotel. 
we're just prejudiced against puffs, OK? And we don't want you sharing a bed. They'd probably say the same if they were black or if they were Jewish, because you remember that prejudice killed millions of Jews, and this couple are prejudiced. Whatever happens, I'm hoping that every single lesbian, if you're listening, Betty Kitten, in the country, and phone up and try and book rooms with them. Because very shortly, this place will close down. There might be one or two people who are going to go, well, they're allowed to do it. No, they're not, unfortunately. It's illegal. If you are running a hotel, if, if it's their house, then it's their business, who they have staying there. If they open themselves up as a bed and breakfast and they invite people to come in, you then cannot start enforcing your prejudices. If, if you say pets, then that means pets. You can't then go, well, I don't like the look of your dog. You're not coming in. You go, but you says pets, welcome. Ah, uh, right. I mean, I would love... Loads of people to phone up and start booking rooms with them. Uh, and then when you get there, go, actually, did we mention the fact we're gay? Oh, and do we wear rubber? Uh, to, just to really freak them out completely. Because I don't care if they have Christian beliefs. And they had all the, uh, the supporters out there, the Christian Institute charity, another bunch of very sad, prejudiced people. And they were saying, it's their home. No, it's their home if they don't open it up as a hotel. The moment you open it up as a hotel, you can't then start deciding, OK, we want y- your white... Are you Christian? You can come in. Uh, white middle class? in you ca- Black? I don't think so. We don't do that in our hotel. Homo? Definitely not. No, there are places for you. The gutter. Go away. You know, and all that kind of stuff. Because what they are is a bigoted couple. They can't help it. It's not their fault. That's just the way that they've been brought up. You know, probably find the same if Japanese turned up on their doorstep. They wouldn't want them either because of the war, or Germans, or that kind of thing. They've obviously got, you know, for, for Christian, read bigot. In this particular case, they lost. They lost big time. They've had to fork out £3,600 compensation. Now, looking at their guest house, it doesn't exactly look top end of the market. And I do get the feeling that maybe uh, Stephen and Martin booked in. I mean, to be honest with you, you don't have to tell people when you book into a place what you are. Why would you... Hello, I'm uh, five foot eight, blonde, uh, heterosexual. Is that okay? You know, you shouldn't have to tell, but, you know, you book into a hotel in London, you book into the Savoy, or any one of the top... They're not going to say, sorry, we don't have homosexuals here, thank you very much. Mainly because 90% of the staff working in the hotels are homosexual. They don't think it's anything to matter. When you get to these little guest houses, and it might be their home, but the moment you advertise it as a bed and breakfast, it ceases to become your home. It ceases, you know, it ceases to be anything like that at all. You've opened it up, and then if you start dictating who you want in there, that's called prejudice. And I couldn't give a stuff whether they worship at the altar of a milk carton or a, cr- or a cross. I'm not remotely interested. That doesn't come into it. What comes into it is the fact that they're a bigoted, mindlessly stupid couple. And the court decided, and they lost. They were taken to court by the Equalities Act, which is... Uh, uh, it, it said there that they had committed a direct discrimination. Of course they had. You can stay here, but you're not sleeping in the same bed. What's it got to do with you? What's it got to do with you? I might only clean my teeth with my finger. Well, we don't want you in here either. So uh, they got sorted out the other day, so that was good. I felt quite uh, pleased about that. Because otherwise you cannot have all this, all this prejudice out there. It's just absolutely ridiculous. Oh, it's interesting. One of Peter Andre's songwriters was jailed yesterday for laundering £119,000 of stolen cash. Julian Burnett, who co-wrote Andre's single XLR8... That well-known hit single, XLR... I'm sorry if I missed the point of this. X- what the Dickens is XLR8? We'll have to ask some of our music friends here. Actually, I, was, I, I did see Dave Berry the other day for XFM. He's, I'm so pleased he's back because... Uh, and luckily, he hasn't put on any weight at all over Christmas. It's quite depressing. When you look at Moyles and you look at the fact that over Christmas he not only must have eaten the turkey but the table as well and the chairs. And then you look at Dave and Dave is like, this thin... 
And I'm thinking to myself, I mean, I'm actually modelling myself on Dave. It's not working very well. We always, no, I'm not really, no. I mean, it's only a joke, Dave. It's not, yeah, I have to tell people for them to, because people don't, because re- everybody around here is on a blooming diet at the moment, and I have to go around and lie to them and go, God, it's really working. You really look good. <laughs> Right. But, you know, I have to say that because it kind of ingratiates you to people. But if anybody can help us out with XLR8, sounds like a formula for making a cheap perfume or toilet duck, doesn't it, really? But apparently it was, uh, 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 co-wrote his single. Uh, I don't know. Uh, To be honest, it doesn't actually say it was a hit. (laughs) Perhaps we should be eternally grateful. I think Peter Andre only had one, didn't he? It was that mysterious girl. Mysterious. I don't even know how it goes. It's, well, mysterious girl. Oh, right. Oh, I don't know. It's, I mean, it's, it's such a rubbish single anyway. It was rubbish when he sang it in the jungle. It was rubbish when he sang it to everybody else. It's so many years old, isn't it? It's a bit like Peter Andrex. You know, he's like 40 and he's still singing a single from 25 years ago. Why? Because he's never had a hit since. Because the charts go, uh, let's have the Brit Awards and... No, no, Peter, sorry, love, it's not for you. <laughs> no, you, you stay at home and, and try on another little leather outfit and pretend you're a white Michael Jackson, OK? It's very funny. And just think, another 38 gigs, and you too can play to nearly 80,000 people. That's really good. <laughs> Huge round of my applause on that. Dozens of notes that Alex Hurricane Higgins scrawled on betting slips whilst dying from throat cancer will be auctioned tomorrow. Do you know people flog anything now, don't they? Imagine, I'm frightened to doodle round here in case she comes in and goes, oh, should I just look after that? And then she's probably got a file at home of things that I've written down. Well, in the case of, you know, me, it's probably this programme they've just recorded, which is interesting. (laughs) Oh, dear. Uh, A benefits cheat who is repaying £36,000 she falsely claimed will take 150 years. Susan Fennick is having just 20 quid a month taken from her benefits. She's a school dinner lady. No, it doesn't matter what she is. She's a crook, OK? She's a bent, thieving crook. Uh, she admitted wrongly claiming... No, she thieved benefit from you. People who are genuinely in need of money, like pensioners, who've got no idea how the system works nowadays, who sit there, and yet some 33-year-old thieving old bag who works as a dinner lady called Susan Fenwick in Middlesbrough knows how to cheat the system. She, she spent it all on herself, of course. And uh, the judge said it's a sad day... When someone of your age who's never been in trouble before comes before the law. Really? I love the way... Never... What do you mean? Never been caught before. Never been caught before. She's been doing this for years. And so she's paying back £20 a month. Six years she was fiddling. Six years. And 20 quid a month. God, I tell you, it's... it's, it's listen, if you can get away with it, boys and girls, get away with it. Because, frankly, I've never heard anything so stupid. 20 quid a month? Why can't she get off her fat ass and get out there and work and do like everybody else has to? We've all got bills to pay. We don't go out thieving. If she hasn't got any money next door, she doesn't think, oh, well, I'm just going to go on the rob today so I can go and sort of, you know, pay a few bills. Because that's quite clearly the life of Susan Fenwick. Thieving old toe rag, honestly. What are these people out there for? And that next thing, she'll be given a bloody reality show. Remember that before? Who was it we had on the television? Lizzie Bardsley, that thieving old baggage. Do you remember her? Thieving old crook, honestly. Oh, on the television, are you, love? Yeah, because people thought you were a, a funny person. No, you were a thieving old scoundrel. That's what you were. And we put you on the television. I'm so glad your life's disintegrated. I couldn't be happier. Oh, my God. Jennifer Metcalf. What is it with the Hollyoaks girls that have to get their kit off? Jennifer, love, you're way too old to be doing this. Put your clothes on. But the good news is she's having an affair with the man that she's dancing with on Strictly Come Dancing on Ice. How do you solve a problem like Maria? LB. 
Yes, I too was watching Emmerdale the other day morning, and, and I can't quite get over the fact that Danny Miller and his boyfriend, Aaron Livesey, are still together. Aaron, as you know, is in what can only be described as an iron lung. And he can't move, apparently, although the other day his head seemed quite animated. I began to think maybe the acting wasn't quite up to it. You know, it's like playing a blind person. It's, really, it's very difficult to play a blind person. You know, if you're not blind, you really have to be such a good actor. And he's actually playing a man who can't move anything. Well, he turned his head quite easily the other day. I thought there is a miracle in the in the village of Emmerdale going on. But apparently lots of people who follow Emmerdale are saying they should split up. I didn't see where it was going to go. I, ca- I can't see... You know, I see a storyline, and, and it's, it's great. But frankly, who's remotely interested in going back to his cottage to see his little house, to see him sitting in a, in a wheelchair in an iron lung, and his mum feeding him. I mean, it's of just no interest to anybody, I'm sure. You know, people go, oh, it's very factual. It's not bloody factual at all. This is Emmerdale. There's no fact involved in it whatsoever. But uh, I am very pleased to report, as David and Streatham tells us, because you're all out there checking on my behalf, that the book from Coal Dust to Stardust uh, was available in the 99p shop in Streatham last Saturday, next to one of Jordan's many biographies. Heck, he says, that woman's had more lives than Shirley MacLaine. He said, of course, I was going in for research purposes, but declined to purchase the book as the Lou Roll pack of 12 for 99p seemed much better value. Well, I don't know, actually. The, the pages on, of her book are far more absorbent, I've discovered. Very good indeed. But now you can have little Gary's book as well. From Coal Dust to Stardust, you may wonder about the title, but uh, Gary Cockrell used to be a coal miner. You can imagine how they fought to stand next to him in the showers, can't you? At the co- I mean, anybody less of a coal miner, you'd be hard-pushed to find, I think. I chip it here. Oh, that nail's gone again. Chip it here. It would just be a disaster, I'm afraid. Uh, so, uh, Kerry Katona reckons Jordan timed her split from Alex Reed to coincide with Peter Andre announcing he was dating Ellen Rivas. Shut up, dear. Just shut up. What's it going to do with you? Mind your own business, you nosy old back. And uh, good news is, good news for everybody, that poor old Vanessa Feltz's new show, deeply unpleasant on television, I'm afraid, no warmth. No warmth. Nobody wants to see the fat bird sitting on there, you know, talking to a few numpties. Uh, the figure's now sunk to 60,000. Kicked off on Monday with 170. I can't help feeling, to use the well-known broadcasting expression, I'm weeing all over you, dear, from a great height, kind of applies in this case. Uh, it had ten times fewer than this morning, and then the following day, Vanessa... 60,000. I'm afraid it might as well just... It's going the same way as Rich and Judy. When will people realise that nobody is remotely interested in seeing this woman on the television? She was never any good first time round. It was a dreary programme. She just doesn't have that thing that people need. It's called youth and vitality and dragging your naff boyfriend on there, I'm afraid, makes it even worse. So uh, why not put it out of its misery? It's pre-recorded anyway. They don't, they don't do anything live there. It's, the budget is far too cheap for actually it to be uh, live. Uh, Steve, are these poor teenagers who will protest about losing the £30, the same ones who have designer clothes, flash phones, iPads, laptops? Yes. Now, as anybody will tell you, the majority of students do not spend this £30 on travel or books. Many of them coming into Twickenham try and cheat the railways. Many of them get caught because at Twickenham End, we have the police. And we have very vigilant staff at Twickenham Station. And they try all sorts of things. We have inspectors down there. And they catch, I would think, probably half a dozen a day, students from the local college who thieve from the local shops and try and cheat the railway. And this grant that they get, up to about £30, does not go on anything apart from shoes, designer clothes, topping up your iPhone, buying some headphones. That's what it goes on. Take it away from them quick as possible. Uh, Bridget says, have you ever watched 
Torch Song Trilogy. I watched it for the first time last night, thought it was an amazing film, recommended by someone on LBC the other day as a weepy. Yes, this is Matthew Broderick uh, playing his only gay role, as far as I know, and it's Harvey Firestein. Is it Harvey Firestein? I think. And um, he plays a drag queen. First time I saw it in Vienna, I thought it was dreadful. Absolutely hated it. In fact, lots of drag queens wrote in to the newspaper saying this film was rubbish. And then the more you watch it, the more you realise just how clever it is. Uh, uh, Harvey's got a very Jewish, got a very Jewish mother. She's not in favour of the boyfriend, who is not Jewish. And the father, and it's all, it's all a little bit, it's an emotional roller coaster. Doesn't have a particularly happy ending, but then eventually things, it's beautifully shot. Beautifully shot. And, uh, and very good. And now I, I can watch it and I can appreciate what it is. But at the time, I thought it was just dreadful. Dreadful. Oh, apparently, aren't you supposed to pronounce XLR8 as accelerate? Oh, what do you see? How little we know about pop tunes. That does seem very Peter Andre. And Syed says, yes, it's abbreviation for accelerate. Oh, right. Thank you, Syed. That's very good, isn't it, coming from Peter Andre, who's a 40-year-old, who obviously thinks he's about 15 or something. X, X, L, R, 8. Oh, right. Small wonder it was never a bloody hit, ladies and gentlemen. Small wonder it sunk without trace. Uh, Other stories of the papers, apart from Jordan lashing out, I had to dump Alex... He had major issues. No, the only person who's got issues, love, is you. The only person who's the miserable one is you. I'm looking forward to... I don't want to see him on television programmes talking about his boring life with her. Because, frankly, you know, we've, we've seen all these people before and, and I really couldn't care less. I just don't want to see her stamp all over you like she stamps all over everybody else. But you do know, of course, you've now got no friends in the Jordan camp. Because if they're friends with you, Alex, she'll kick them out as well. So the makeup artist and all the others, they won't be talking to you ever again. So they were just fair weather friends, okay? They were just people who were there because they had to keep in with you because she was married to you. Now, of course, she doesn't want to be married to you. They don't have to talk to you ever again. So your life is finished, okay? You might as well just sort of disappear somewhere because that's what will happen. I mean, you remember some of Jordan's famous quotes, and I did have to trawl through the internet. I can't wait to get preggy. I can't wait to get redonated. That's what she was saying. She's got this thing about getting pregnant, mainly because it, it's money. You know, baby, money. Baby, money. Baby, money. Baby, TV show. Baby, TV show. Baby, book. Baby, money. Baby, clothes. He's my knight in shining armour. He's made me realise what's truly important in life. He's so grounded. Fame doesn't faze him. In fact, he was so unfazed, he secured a magazine deal, photo shoots and TV shows, all off the back of Katie. All the front. I respect Alex, and because of that, I listen to everything he says, whilst wearing earplugs, presumably, dear. I feel as if I've turned over a new leaf, and now you can turn it right back round again, can't you? Because it's miserable. She says here, Alex and I have had a number of difficulties over the past few months. Since when do people discuss their marriages publicly, unless you're so desperately unhappy and miserable and look in the mirror and really think that, you know, life just isn't worth living anymore? She said it was a total nightmare. I should have stuck with Peter Andre. Yeah, but he didn't want you, did he? He didn't want you because he suddenly realised. And uh, Alex is the love of my life. I know people say, oh, yeah, we've heard that one before. That was in September of last year, ladies and gentlemen. How fickle poor Katie is. My advice to any bloke, get off with her. Just tell her anything. Tell her she'll believe it. She's that dim. Yeah, you're really gorgeous. You are so gorgeous. It's only because she doesn't like herself. 
that you have to... I mean, I tell the producers every day, God, you're looking hot, I say, today. Just generally talking to the wall or something. And she goes, do you think so? I go, no. You know, because you've got to bring people down to sight. There's no point in buttering people up all the time. But in the case of Jordan, you can tell her that, because she looks in the mirror and sees some horrendous old harridan that nobody's interested in. Oh, wait a minute, that's, that, that could be the case, couldn't it? Here she is, Ashley Weller, in the paper. She sobbed as she tried to squeeze into her size 24 jeans. Sobbed. <laughs> I've had days like that, trying to put big pants on. It's not easy, is it? You know, you put one leg in, then the other one falls out, and then one... Oh, it's just awful. But anyway, luckily, because after she'd gorged on mashed potato, greasy takeaways and family-sized chocolate bars, she became a 24-stone slob. But then... Oh, as luck would have it, Granny died. And Granny leaves her 8,000 quid. So what does she do? She decided to have a gastric band fitted. So she spent her 8,000... Just what Granny would want, isn't it? You're dead, I've got your money, I'm having the gastric band fitted. She says here, I went under the knife at, uh, at 24 stone and uh, I've had this gastric sleeve fitted. Granny would have wanted me to spend the cash on being happy. She'd have thought you were a waste of bloody space, dear, that you were too bone-idle to get off your fat, lumpy arse and actually get out there and do something. Actually, talking of people getting off their fat bottoms, there is a piece in the paper today. I had to laugh. I have to laugh. I, should, I shouldn't really laugh, actually. I'm not going to show it to you. Sure. It's, it's a picture of Claire Nazir. Actually, it oh, might not yeah. be in the mirror, but it's yeah, it's a picture of Claire Nazir, and she the she does. But the columnists have said now we're sick to death of dear of seeing you in your bikini all the time. And it's a different one every time. There happens to be a photographer there. So what they've said is go away, go away now, and don't come back. <laughs> Unfortunately, I mean, I can only say that what you're looking for with Claire Nazir on holiday is a picture of her and the husband, because if this DVD is as good as she says it is. Should she not have given it to him? Now, I mean that in a caring way, ladies and gentlemen. A very caring, sharing way. But have you noticed there's only pictures of Claire on holiday? Hubby is nowhere to be seen, because Hubby is a little bit bigger than Claire. And I mean that in a caring... The producer's now thrown herself under the table. But he knows me of old. He knows that I would be saying this. And he knows... I've said to him before, I've said... I think we need to lose a little bit of that, don't we? Now, if she's brought out this DVD and it's that good... Should she not maybe slip him a copy? You know, just a thought, in a caring way, as you understand. Uh, Brian says, if students really use the uh, the EMA for travel, why not give them a free Oyster card instead? Oh, they don't want that. Oh, good Lord, no. That's like uh, people who sit there, got money for a cup of coffee. If you actually bring them a cup of coffee, they don't want a cup of coffee. What they want is money to go and spend on, uh, on drink and drugs. Matt says, shock horror, some of these students might actually have to get a part-time job instead of being bribed and paid to attend college. I tell you, they're so, they're so rough round our way, the students. We've got to have police on the station to make sure they get on the train without robbing people. It's that desperate round our way. I wouldn't like to complain about why we end up with so many students in Twickenham, but by God, we've got some of the roughest places to eat round our way. Uh, Jay says, iron lungs do not exist nowadays, figuratively speaking. Figuratively speaking, you know, because he's in this sort of frame thing. Uh, EMA ought to be scrapped, Steve. It funds a group of feckless wasters. Exactly. Uh, Steve, how did you get to do Super Bitch so well and so early in the morning? Did you take lessons from my ex? <laughs> I am your ex. <laughs> there you go. Steve, accelerate was not very cool way to say accelerate. No wonder it flopped. Yes, I mean, to be honest with you, that's why. Because do you remember years ago we had Bross out? Mm, Marvellous. And, uh, and I called them brothers. 
because it was br. You know, nobody says they're called bros. Oh, they- yeah, bros, love you, love you, bros, bros, love you. Yeah, I owe you nothing. Ooh, no- oh dear. Just wait till they drop and it'll be a lot butcher. Uh, Sarah in Croydon says, tea with you is the best part of the day. Did you get to see my big fat gypsy wedding? I didn't. I didn't. I know Noreen watched it. <laughs> Noreen says to me, she said, oh my word, speechless. The size of the dresses, the little girl at her confirmation, the dress was three times as heavy as she was. I would guess. I didn't see it. I'm, I'm not sure that my, I could have coped. Did you see it? Um, my big fat wedding? gypsy no, wedding? it was past my bedtime. Uh, it's past my bedtime too. My Liar. friend worked on that programme. I know. She was there yeah. for that particular one. One with nice yeah. dress lighting. Just ridiculous, thing. isn't it? I don't have any problem if people want to spend 50,000 quid on a wedding dress. But frankly, if the future Queen of England is spending half of that, makes you wonder. Perhaps she should go and live in a caravan or something. And then perhaps she can afford a proper wedding dress. Uh, another one here. Uh, it was too late for us early birds, says Sarah. Where do they get their money from? I don't know. I don't know, actually. I was, I was intrigued as to where everybody gets their money from nowadays. Um, Steve says, it's an all-right song. Check it out on YouTube. Accelerate. XLR8 is also known as Accelerate. Uh, Nigel says, the new series of My Big Fat Gypsy Wedding, they must all be millionaires. They get married very young, let's put it that way. Uh, Lara says, uh, Core 8, as in Accelerate, awful, I know. And Pete's song is supposed to be Accelerate, very poor, Steve. So now you know, not very good at all. <laughs> uh, and Matt says, people should be able to say who they want in their hotel, office, shop, etc. Yeah, but y- you can't do that. Be like here, if I walk in in the morning and uh, Immy or, you know, Gary says, I'm terribly sorry, we're not taking tall, fat, bald people today. I go, Ooh, and I push my way in. You know, I'll be like that. Quarter to six is the time. <laughs> These are the headlines. Protests are expected outside Parliament later as MPs vote on whether to scrap a £30 a week grant for 16- to 18-year-olds later. The the Education Maintenance Allowance is given to students whose family income is less than £30,800. Details on major reforms to the NHS in England will be published later. The Health and Social Care Bill includes plans to scrap all 152 primary care trusts. GPs will be given most of the £100 billion NHS budget by 2013. And demand for Macs, iPhones and iPads helped Apple make record profits in the run-up to Christmas. The company says... It made £3.7 billion in the three months to December the 25th. A 71% jump on last year. Lovely. Let's have a check on the roads for you this morning. It's Jay Louise. uk forward slash podcasts and listen again. Thank you, James. 12 minutes to uh, 6, it's LBC. Um, Danny Miller plays Aaron Livesey. The disabled character is Jackson, says Christian, but I agree. Very little mileage with the storyline now. Also a shame they've given a gay character such a tragic life. Why couldn't he live like most gay lads? He's been suicidal, anger issues, and now has his first loves ended up disabled from the neck downwards. I mean, but th- it's, it's soap, isn't it? They have to cut, they go, oh, it's soap. It's not, it's not really. I'm going to sneeze. <coughs> Dear. Right into the paper. I'll pass those on to somebody who needs them. Um, because I mean, I, I suppose really because it's so planned, you can do anything. But I just don't see the character going anywhere. They're not going to waste time on that, are they? How lucky his house didn't burn down, and we only lost the other two people. Now we're coming to terms with it, and they sit, we're going through this charade where we're interviewing people about the fire, where we all know it was the policeman who did it. The policeman who's, you know, obviously bent policeman in Emmerdale and a very slow fibre get. The whole thing's a bit bizarre, isn't it? Very bizarre. Uh, also, extremely bizarre, Marvin Humes and Rochelle back together two months after breaking up. I don't know who they are, actually. I don't know. Oh, he's in JLS, isn't he? 
Oh, well. And, uh, and she's... She's in the Saturdays. And she's got a tall eye hat. You know, she's, she's now a tall eye hat, I think, because they all speak like that, which is a bit of a shame, really. Uh, and Manchester City striker, Mario Balotelli. No, me neither, I'm afraid. Me neither. But he's hit back at Sophie Reed. No, no idea again. Terribly sorry uh, for slating him on Twitter. Oh, she was the Big Brother winner. My God, you're still going, are you, dear? We thought you disappeared back home to live with Mummy and Daddy. I mean, you're wasting your space down here and wasting your time. But anyway, uh, apparently, uh, Mario Balotelli slept with her best friend. Because he's a footballer, that's what they do. That's what they do. I mean, surely you can't be that stupid. So she twittered about him and called him a rude name. Because she's class, isn't she? Because most... Thank God we've ditched Big Brother. I was so pleased when it went, actually. A bigger bunch of idiots you'd be hard-pushed to find. Hard-pushed to find. Anyway, now... Uh, he says, Sophie has just sent me another SMS a mile long after two screen loads had to erase it. Now that her big brother popularity has waned, wasn't aware that there was ever any big brother popularity. She's trying to be back on the media to find work. Does she need money? Quite clearly, yes. I mean, I mean to be honest, what does she do? I don't, I don't know what Sophie... Re- she, she won Big Brother. She'll probably be a glamour model, won't she, or something like that. But all, all these people do is just turn up at parties. There was a very good programme on the telly this morning. I was sort of half watching it, hoping the big fat gypsy wedding was going to be on, and it wasn't. So instead, I got a programme which, which had a, an Asian girl going out to some black rapper's party where all these girls vie with each other to wear the most revealing outfits so they can be seen gyrating with them. And so the, you had the, these two black rappers. One, of course, was called... Iron Man, or something like that. I'd never heard of him. He, he, he sounded like he came from South London, so it was a little bit of a misnomer, Iron Man. Then he put on his dark glasses, and we've got no idea who he is at all. So he's sitting there, and so this, this Indian reporter is saying to him, don't you think it's a bit demeaning to have all these girls dancing around? Because quite clearly she was brought up properly. And he said, no, 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 they, they, nobody forces these girls to do it. And she, was, she was, obviously came from a very good Asian family where she found it a bit horrendous that these girls would basically prostitute themselves in nightclubs and dance round these people just for the, the, the chance of, you know, having their arm put round them and, you know, at the best, being taken home to bed or something. And it was all just a bit depressing. But I thought she was really good. She was really good. And she sat there. I was half waiting for her to get up and go, what, are you, are you worried then, darling? Nobody ain't going to ask you nothing. Because that was generally how the conversation was sort of going. But he was actually quite articulate. So I was a bit surprised. And saying, no, no, they all like doing it. And I thought, of course they do, because they're desperate. They're a bit Sophie Reed. Show, show the producer the picture of this 14-year-old schoolboy, OK? OK. What do you reckon? <laughs> I mean, I know. <laughs> He's 14. Oh, 14. Not 14 really years. <laughs> He's an adult, isn't he? He's an adult. He's 24. I mean, makes you look about seven, doesn't it, really, I'm afraid. <laughs> this is a story in the in the Sun today on page 19. Because I do find it difficult. I mean, admittedly, there are some people you look at and you say, how old would you say this person is? And I, I can't tell. You do know that some people go into nightclubs and they're, they're much younger than they're supposed to be. Uh, uh, one here. Claire says, love your show, you're a tonic, how do you do it? Claire... Give the DVD to your old man. Get him to work out, please. Uh, Helen says, did you watch my big fat gypsy? No. Jackson in Emmerdale can move his head, just not anything else. I thought, it's just, it's a pointless storyline, isn't it? It just is going nowhere, I'm afraid. Nicholas says, why do students need a travel allowance? I agree. And I tell you what annoys me even more, because little school children get free, free buses... So they get on the bus outside Twickenham Station and they go one stop and then they get off. If I was the bus driver, get get off, walk, you lazy little son. Get off! 
They do it outside one of the schools, New Orleans school. They get on the bus and they go one stop and then get off. So the bus is packed out with all these lazy, good-for-nothing school children, and they go one stop, clogging it up, making it impossible for elderly ladies and gentlemen to get on and off the bus, and then they get off the bus. Ridiculous. Ridiculous. 84850, Steve at lbc.co.uk. Take uh, all of your texts and emails on the programme. Um, there's a... Oh, yes, we did that one before, actually. This is... Um, a mystery woman who rescued a defenceless man from a baying mob as other onlookers walked on by. The shopper saw the victim being chased down the street and beaten to the ground by hoodies in the afternoon attack. So she crossed the road, stood over the unconscious 26-year-old and told the thugs to, thugs to clear off in Mossside in Birmingham, in, Mo- in Manchester. Yesterday, the city's Crown Court caged job Anton Ward for 27 months and Javier Hull for 18 months after they were traced by cops specialising in gang-related crime. What a bunch of fairies. What a bunch of fairies. I'm in a gang. You're in a gang? I'm in a gang. Oh, what does that mean? It means I'm in a gang because I'm hard. No, you're a fairy. Now go away. Go to prison. Stay there for the rest of your life. Yeah, how hard when we take away the word gang? Just a little girl's blouse, aren't you, Javier? And poor little Anton. Oh, where would you live? Moss side. Oh, it's that butch, that area, isn't it? Can't believe it. 84850, Steve at LBC. Can we just please have another appeal on the programme? I don't want to do this all the time because it's beginning to get me down. If you're in Hollyoaks, can you please keep your clothes on? OK, please keep, keep your clothes on. We don't want to see your underwear. I don't turn up to work wearing my underwear, neither do any other radio presenters. Keep your clothes on. And that is directed specifically this morning at Jennifer Metcalf. OK, love, keep your clothes on. It's making you look stupid. OK? You want a career or do you really want to be a glamour model? If you want to be a glamour model, then don't just sit in your underwear. Take it all off, love. Let's get it over and done with very quickly. Because I've seen you trying to string two words together and you're pushing it a bit on that one. 84850. I saw the programme... Steve, the boys literally grab the girl and choose them as their significant other. It's an utter waste of TV channel. Well, it's getting quite a big audience, this one. People are fascinated by I agree with you that I don't think it's a great way. The funny thing is, the girls have got to be virgins, but the boys put it around all over the place. And and for that, you don't need to look any further than a couple of celebrities who've had uh, traveller or gypsy boyfriend. I think there's a complete difference. I don't believe this, travellers are gypsies. I don't, I don't believe it. I really don't. I think they're completely different. They're a hybrid. Years ago, we had gypsies, and then magically we get travellers. And and all anybody's asking about the travellers is that, you know, you can buy up as much, much green, green land as you want. You can't build on it, OK? There are laws. OK. Uh, 84850, Phil and Watford has got gout. Oh, lovely. I don't know what gout is. What a, what a thing to share with us this morning. He said, but I have been up all night listening to some very strange conversations. I know. I've heard some, actually. And, uh, and well done to Gary. He says, I managed to complete both my challenges at the weekend. Even managed to lead the race on Sunday by all <laughs> 50 yards. I'm doing another one this Sunday. What is the matter with you, Gary? Why are you going this mad on it? He said, uh, see, I told you I was in pain. That was Saturday. Sunday, had the hills from hell and was very tough. Had a very nice tikka masala on Sunday night, though. Are you supposed to be eating that kind of stuff? I, like Noreen, did see my big fat gypsy wedding. Very scary. Very scary. You look good there. You look very fit there. If only I was as fit. Unfortunately, I, I, I mean, I would... And also, why would you want to run through a puddle, Gary? Can you, I mean, the producer's slightly perturbed by this because it's up to your knees. She would have drowned by now. You know, she'd have gone... Going, where She's gone. She's gone again. And then you have to put your hand down into the puddle and bring her up. And there she is. She'd be, and then you put her on the top and then she'd be paddling like mad. Get out the other end and then she'd disappear again. You have to pick her out. 
just plunger underneath, like they're doing some of those army assault courses. But looking very good. Actually, your body does not look unsimilar to mine. <laughs> yeah, right. If only. If only. I live in hope. I live in hope of having one of these washboard stomachs. It's ridiculous. As opposed to the fridge freezer. Actually, which reminds me, I've got to go out today and buy a fridge freezer. I just feel like buying a fridge freezer today. No particular reason. I'm just going to buy a fridge freezer. I just, I just, you know, I, f- I feel an urge coming on. I feel an urge coming on. Uh, Jennifer uh, Aniston apparently hated that Rachel cut. You know the one that everybody went for, Rachel and friend. They went, oh, what my hair cut like that. She said she hated it. This was 95, and it was the hairstyle that swept the world. Everybody wanted it. People, especially ladies, they actually take pictures in and they go, I want to look like that. You know, I want to look like that. I mean, I actually take a picture in of a boiled egg and say, I want to look like that. And they always manage to achieve the effect. Because normally, I've got really, really long hair, which comes round the front in a page boy. Sometimes I have it cut in a page boy, and then long at the back, so I can, I can flick it back. But at the moment, I'm going through a have-your-hair-cut-short phase. Because I think it makes me look hard. You know, which is good. Bit like a Mitchell brother. I look a bit like a Mitchell brother. You know, a Mitchell brother covered in chocolate. Yes. With, and with Barbara as my mum going, get out my pub, Steve Allen. Anyway, we'll take a short break for the uh, news. It's LBC 97.3. At least it's not raining. That's something we should be grateful for today. Morning, everybody. Nice to be company. Eight minutes past six. It's Steve Allen's early breakfast on LBC. Do you know, by the time I got home yesterday, it was sunny. Sunny? It was actually... I got outside the station. I thought, wait a minute, it's not normally sunny at this time of the morning. It's normally a bit dark. Uh, but it was sunny yesterday. And I thought, oh, I'm not sure I like this, actually. Must be the onset of summer, I suppose. Morning, Jonathan. Morning. The days are getting longer. Are they? Very nice. Well, isn't it? Wasn't know. it the shortest day in November? Oh, I don't know. December. I like it when it's dark. I like coming to work in the dark and going, going home, home in the dark. In the dark. Just what, 20th of December 20th is the shortest December's day. the shortest day. Yeah. So it's getting lighter and lighter every morning. Oh, it's horrible. Who so wants to like see people? So you like what everybody else hates. Of course. Miserable mornings and Miserable, dull, overcast, depressing stories in the paper suits me fine. Makes my day. Come home in dark and go to bed yeah. and wake up in the dark. I like that. And you don't like hot sun? No, I don't. Mm. No, look at me. I'm a pale little thing. Yeah. I'm pa- I just do not do... You know, my worst nightmare for holiday would be, let's go and lie on a beach. Let's not. Yeah. Let's go and bury ourselves in a cemetery and stay there. I can't think of anything worse than lying on a bit. Some people do it very well. I'm not one of those that can sort of lie there and cover themselves with cooking oil and stuff like that. It's just, I, I just, I just, I look ridiculous. Yeah, I, I lay on a beach with her, but I mean, I had a blanket on and a hoodie and everything else, and she trotted up and down the stands. She was on the nudist beach. She was, well, she wanted to, I mean, you weren't going to get me there at all. Mm. <laughs> but I'm, I'm just not a lying on a beach sort of person, so, so the summer for me is horrible. I'd much rather have it like this all the time. I could live in Iceland, or in, so excuse me, in Finland for six months of the year because it's dark. Yeah. Whereas you want to sit on a beach. I want to sit on a beach. Oh, God, how bo- What do you do when you sit on a beach? Uh, um, feel how brown you're getting. Oh, how dull is and then, that? And then you can feel the sun coming down, you can feel skin turning and all the worries and aches and pains going away. Oh, no. And then you can sip on a drink and then you get a bit hot and you have a little dip. Oh, God, it sounds boring, doesn't it? People listening at the moment going, oh, my God, what a nightmare holiday. And then you can sit and read a book, and then you can put the book down as somebody interesting walks past. You go, oh, well, that's nice, very nice. And really? Then you back to your book. Oh, no. And then you can go, oh, look at them. Oh, no, I don't like the look of that. Do, do you, you wear sunglasses? Sunglasses. Yes. I can't actually sit on a beach or anything without sunglasses on. I can't see anything at all. No. Well, Blind as hard. a bat. And I, and I look out there. And also, because I've, I've got the all-in-one bathing costume now. The sort of mankini. It is. It's a bit more than a mankini. This is, in fact, more a kind of, of... sort of burka. 
It is almost a burqa, like actually. Sort of it is, I am covered top to toe, because I don't want to expose any flesh. A traditional... Yes, I mean, I am, I am so pale, I have been mistaken for a milk bottle on the beach, <laughs> washed up by the tide. I just don't do colour... Yeah, years ago, I, I would have done, but not now. I can imagine you rolling up your... You can't imagine me rolling up, believe you, me. No? No, not no, for years. Rolling up your little, um... um oh, I think don't need to go down that route. legs. Oh, really? No. And, uh, shoes in one hand. No. Skipping along the shoreline. No! Line, I can skip, I can barely walk. You can paddle. Uh, no, paddling's naff. I can imagine you paddling. I have done paddling, it is true. I have paddled, actually, on a beach. I quite like it. It's something about, you know, filling the sand between your toes. But then I worry what's under the sand. I've become paranoid. And so if I walk along a beach and my feet sink in a little bit, I think, oh, just suppose there's crabs under there and they're going to grab my toe and drag me in. Well, that wouldn't be very nice. No, it wouldn't. And I, I worry about stuff like that. They did a thing where all the cockle pickers were who, who drowned. And I kept thinking, you need to explain to people just how dangerous it is when you've got shifting sands. And they stood on this sand and literally his feet just started going into it and they had to pull him back out again. And you get those very peculiar metal detectorists yes. on beaches, don't you? With I wanted that. earphones and one of those. I wanted one as a child. I was thought, imagine unearthing a hoard of Roman coins or something like that. I once heard a That'd really nice. interesting programme about metal detectorists on the Thames and how much gets washed oh, up. Yeah. Lots of really interesting... Lots of stuff. Lots of stuff gets washed up on the Thames. There you go. Hundreds of years of history. If, if, if you do that, let me know. Talk of hundreds of years of history. Here she is. <laughs> <laughs> a, a little Roman relic. That's right, throw it down in front of me. So I was watching this gypsy thing last night. Yes. The big fat I missed wedding. it. It's the follow-up to... The first one. The follow-up. So, the follow-up but, to one last year with, I think, exactly the same title. What was the difference? It was called My Big Fat Gypsy Wedding last year. This one's called My Big Fat Gypsy Wedding. It showed... Different girls getting married in the same naff wedding dresses. What was the purpose of it? <laughs> I didn't see it last year. Although everybody talked about it. It was a bit peculiar because it starts off with sort of Eastern European Romany type music. Mm-hmm. That's the sort of opening titles with sort of that right. klezmery Romany gypsy music from mm-hmm. Eastern Europe. And then, for all intents and purposes, there was about Irish tinkers. Yes. And they're not. They're not Romanies. Well, I didn't think they were. You see, I always thought there were. I thought gypsies were Romany. Well, that, well, I don't know now. See, now, you're, now you're confusing me because I thought the ones that they featured were travellers. Yeah, well, they were like um, because they gypsies. Were practically, are kind of hoop earring, UGG boots, visible thongs, and scraped back uh, sort of council facelift types. Yes, but but they, they aren't they gypsies because gypsies years Romy ago. They were gypsies on the, on the dancing round with v- clarinets. Or clarinets or accordions. I mean, penny whistles and accordions. Yeah, I've just got a film. These were more Lucky Heather types, Irish, right? Tinkers. Tinkers. Is that not the correct But I don't term? even think tinkers exist anymore. I think tinkers used to, because they used to come... I mean, years ago, I'm old enough to remember, the gypsies would come round and they would repair your pots and pans. Right. And sharpen your knives. Now they come round and tarmac your drive. Who so sells think, clothes pegs? I don't think anybody sells clothes pegs anymore. Dusters? They Actually, I tell a lie, they, did, they do sell them. And I tell you for how I know this, because one of my aunties, she buys them every year, because they're handmade wooden... They, they don't have Wooden springs pegs. on. They're proper pegs they that go on a line. Pegs, peg selling yes. gypsies. So, what did you learn from the program that they're still selling pegs and they make big dresses? No, the, is this a series? These ones, these ones were looked more like. Um, well, they were these young, overly sexualised teenage girls yes. in not very, wearing not very much. They, that, that, that's the idea. But the the review of the paper said they, they were, the girls flaunt themselves sexually. Yeah, but they're not apparently they're not allowed to have sex. No. And then there's a strange gypsy uh traveller tinker custom called grabbing. 
Yeah, we heard about this the other day. Yeah. She she knew about it. So they talked about grabbing. And then um, the girls danced around and things, and the boys sort of stood around on street corners. And uh, decided which one they wanted. Yeah. And they get married at 16. Yeah, get married but at 16. But is this a series, or is this one-off? I think it's a, it's a, I think it's a one-off. Is it's a, a series? series. She thinks it's a series. But how can, series. how can you do anything more with it than say, because if it's called My Big Fat Gypsy Wedding, once you've seen one, surely you've seen them all. It just depends on the size of the dress. Or they had these, those preposterous... They were huge. Sort of Jordan-style dresses. They have to be bigger than that. They actually take in pictures of, like, Disney uh, shows and go yeah, like that. And one of them wanted else. lights in it, so they fitted a battery yeah, pack in her bra. That, yeah, there's lots of all that kind of thing. And once you've seen that, what's the point of having another one? Well, I don't know, but there wasn't a clothes peg in sight. Well, it's very disappointing. Very disappointing. Quarter past six. News headline, Sam Pittis. Protests are expected outside. Go to lbc.co.uk forward slash podcasts. Morning, everybody. Yes, I am the uh, face behind the voice in the new Radio Times, which I think is out today. Uh, we did it just before... Yes, yeah, so pl- please go and buy it and boost up circulation. Woo! So Woo. Were, you, were you interviewed for the Radio yes. Times? That's exciting. Yes. And they, they ask you all these... Qu- it's a very nice man. He, d- he does it over the telephone. Mm. And uh, he's, he's done everybody. He's been in the business for donkey years. <laughs> and, uh, and he sort of phoned me up at home. They sort of say and arrange a time. And, and then they ask you about the business and who, who you like in the business and all yep. sorts of things. So it's in the current uh, Radio Times. I shall rush out and get it. Face behind the voice. Don't know how I got it, for goodness sake. That's really, really good. Yes. Exciting. I'm very pleased. I'll go and get it today. Uh, thank you. Uh, Kevin the Milkman says, I wanted a washboard stomach, Steve. Ended up with a twin tub instead. <laughs> I know. I know the feeling. It's not very good. And um, John says, EMA is a waste of taxpayers' hard-earned cash. If these wasters don't want an education, cut them off with no state benefits. I mean, I don't think they, they should be getting the 30 quid. I love the way they go, you know, practically on poverty lo- uh, level now, 30,800. Is that your, meant to be your parents' joint family income? Yeah. If it's under that, then you get this 30 quid. Right. 30,000. I know some pensioners would kill for that. Why don't pensioners start saying, well, where's our money? And if the students protest today, shouldn't they be in school getting the education? They say they might lose, says Phil. Yes. Yes. So I'm no doubt they'll be talking about that with, with Nick Ferrari a bit later. Um, Vanessa Feltz's programme, what would we do with it? Accept. Uh, well, it costs about two and six for Channel 5. Yes. It's a cheap programme. Very cheap And program. looks it. Pre-recorded. Pre-recorded. Is, is, is there some advantage to doing a pre-record programme as opposed to live? Um, well, if you're hiring a studio, there is, because you can stack up shows back to back. So right. you can hire a studio have the cost of the studio and the studio crew and all those people and then instead of doing one show for a day and then all going home and all coming back the next day right. you can knock off four in a row oh right oh and right doing it on one studio day well that's why the public have switched off it's quite it's of no interest to anybody because you're working either a day backwards so it's just another tatty little cheap show it's not a topical it's not relevant it doesn't can't move with what's on you know no. it comes out that day it's not like your show no, exactly. This relevant. Relevant. I mean, changes on a daily are, basis. Talking about what was on TV last night. And yes. She Katie can't because she recorded it yesterday. Yeah, so she so can't. She wouldn't be able to do that. Right. It's a bit like the, uh, the Channel 5 programme they have with one girl from The Apprentice, who's obviously just recently had her teeth bleached, and another girl who wasn't on The Apprentice talking about some of the stories in the name. But it's, it's a bit it's lame. Yeah. Used to be the one with Ian Wright on it, and it was worse when he was on, it mm. has to be said. <clears throat> uh, Claire says, you're a tonic. Not sure if that's a compliment or not. And uh, one here says, uh, over the last year I've sent you messages which usually include big love to my sister Julia. 
Sadly, because she was not well. So sadly, she uh, lost her life yesterday. But uh, I want to let you know that last time we went to seven shows and had a trip on the Thames after hearing your recommendation. Because we like these recommendations of go out on the Thames and do it. And it was very, very good. So we had some very good times. So big love to Julia's husband, Kevin. And that's Jan. There you go. So uh, big love to everybody down there. Don't worry, she'll be sitting on a cloud now going, do you know, it's so much quieter up here. So much quieter. Supposed to being down there where it's just very noisy all the time. Uh, a letter that appeared in The Standard yesterday, not a letter actually, but a feature, says, why is the BBC so keen to promote Alistair Campbell? Which they do seem to be brown-nosing him. It's really a question of sport. Last <laughs> night, the chance to plug his latest volume of diaries on Newsnight did on the programme to discuss speech-making, but was encouraged by stand-in host Matt Fry to quote from the depth at the opportunity and reading an entry about Tony Blair and the Good Friday Agreement. Uh, later on today, he stars with somebody else and then he's on Question Time. Love the BBC for all their free publicity. It's so marvellous, isn't it? Just remember, it's your tour, just don't watch their programmes. It is amazing how they seem to be brown-nosing Alistair Campbell, though. Can't he's an interesting why. guy, Alistair Campbell. There's not really anyone like him now. I mean, Thank Andy, God. Andy Coulson, who's, I suppose, the Tories' equivalent, a sort of PR spokesperson, yeah. master of spin or whatever, doesn't have the same status as him, really. No, no, no. No, he Campbell does, always he, he has that. He's an unusually impressive sort of figure. Not, not to say I liked everything about him straightforwardly, but there's not really anyone like that in government now. No, I think because when when you lost Thatcher and you lost all these other people, and yet Mandelson, I suppose to a certain extent, the Prince yeah. of Darkness, yeah. was sort of was the one who uh, well, he was a front-facing business secretary absolutely. and cabinet minister and whatnot. Whereas Alistair was the sort of power behind the throne, the master yeah. of the dark arts. They obviously all hate each other, though, don't they? That's what I find quite funny. They all write their diaries, assuming that the public. I mean, you know, very interesting for Alistair Campbell to plug his diaries, but to be honest with you. 90% of the country are not remotely interested in reading this rubbish. No, they're it's of not. no interest yeah. to you than no, something that true. happened ages ago to line somebody's pockets who made a very, very good living. What, why, why would you be... You know, I remember seeing Cherie Blair with Richard and Judy. That was a lame interview, if ever there was one, to watch Richard Brown nosing Cherie Blair. And the book was about Prime Minister's wives. or so. Who on earth would have read it? It was well. just of no interest to anyone. If you're going to write a book or you're going to do... You know, bring it down to the right sort of level... Well, it's niche publishing, isn't it? There's a there's a demographic of people who would like that kind of thing, living well, in. There can't many certain, of them living where? Well, I suppose in some London postcodes and some posh bits of the country. People, I mean, I've, I've sat on planes before and I've watched people reading rock stars biographies. I've never seen anybody pick up anything by Tony Blair. That book sold very well. It did. It sold phenomenally. Yeah. Mainly because you know people sort of bought into it, but yeah. I, I don't believe anything. I don't believe anything. What about I, Katie and Alex? Do you believe that? What, that they're splitting up? Yes. Yes, I absolutely believe they're splitting up, yes. I absolutely believe that she's going to sit on him from a great height. But, you, but, the, but the question was, and we said it at the time, when they first got together, I thought, there was no romance. Every TV programme, and she does make a lot of tedious programmes, they never held hands, they never did, it was all for the camera. There was no affection there whatsoever. I never believed it was related. I think she's desperately sad and lonely, and she surrounds herself with a bunch of very sad and lonely people who bring her down. She just wants to be in the newspapers because she doesn't know anything else. I because if know. she was really intelligent, 30 million quid or whatever she's got in the bank, go and live somewhere else, dear. Take the children, go and live somewhere else, stay out in the newspapers, and you might actually find somebody who's interested in you. But unfortunately, at the moment, not. What's interesting about her, though, is that she's... She tends, on the whole, not to 
to sue or go after people for printing things or running stories no. that aren't true. And that means an inordinate amount of press is done about her because she's a fairly safe option. Because you can mm. run stories about her and newspapers can run stories about her and they have done for years. A lot of, And she'll laugh them off because they're just not true. Yeah. <laughs> she won't really do anything about it. She likes being in the paper. Yes. But the story isn't true and it quite often hasn't been true over the years. The, mm. the, 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 um, and the TV show she did, an ITV2 showed that. They would quite often be looking at stories in the newspaper... And, you know, obviously that sh- that what you're watching is also a, t- a show which is mm. constructed. <laughs> so, so it's not like you're actually I'm not there. sure we're in the real world at no, all exactly. with Katie Price. But you're watching a TV show where somebody, which appears and purports to be a reality, where the star in it is saying, look at this rubbish you're reading in the newspapers. Yeah. This is, look at this story, look at this story. This is where I said I was here. I was here. Look who I was yeah. with. Well, look at that picture. That's not true. You were there. Or whatever. And it did, to some extent, reveal the the amount of rubbish that's written about her yeah and but, has been but but then she's always courted that yeah, what, what I would love to it's see is... stock in trade. Yeah, but if she was going to do a TV <clears> programme and she, this is my husband, what are you dragging around all these lame handbags for? You don't want to drag around all the little sycophants who go, oh, you're really funny, you're this and that, because she's not. Well, they just became part of the show, part of the entourage. But the small they? wonder the marriage couldn't survive, because it's like, unlike, you know, Diana going, there were three in our relationship, in Katie Price's, there's about <laughs> 15. So small wonder the bloody thing doesn't last. And small wonder, you should really say, get them out of the house now, go away, the silly little makeup artist, the silly hanger on as the silly get rid of the parents, stay out of my marriage. Because at the moment it'd be cheaper if she paid for it every time. And just and have somebody coming round, some gigolo or something, because it's a waste of time going through these stupid little charades of getting married to somebody because it's it's doomed. But she's an attention seeker. Well, she's that is somebody true. in life who wants who wants the shine of publicity on her. She wants people to look at her. She's always wanted people to look at her since she was a child. Mm. She's just that sort of person. Lots of stars are like that. They want people to look at them. Well, they don't. don't feel real unless they're being I, looked at. I don't at. want to be looked at. I'm, I'm, well, you I'm want happy. to be listened to. Well that's, well, that's completely different. I don't want to be seen. I mean, I mean, the be... producer looks at me, but mentally she's undressing me. Yeah. Well, sorry, um, actually, men- mentally she's dressing me. I do beg your pardon, because I'm sitting here in vest and pants. And uh, <laughs> she's gone, it's enough, Steve. It's too- we've gone too far with this one. Doing our usual news Wednesdays. <laughs> but but she is- the, the trouble is she's never going to have a successful marriage until she just establishes, and the reason she won't is because she's not, she can't have conversation with people. She has no conversation at all. She can only talk about herself, which in a marriage is a little bit difficult. It's supposed to be 50-50. She's not remotely interested in anything else that anybody does. She's only interested in herself, so why doesn't she just say single, go and live on a desert island and just shut up? Well, because she wouldn't be looked at. Of course not. And talked about. Yeah, but she's, she's, now she's got two failed marriages, and each time it's come down to her. Well, you know, what about um, the woman you call 4 by 4 Ulrika admitted it. I hope you didn't on that one, because she made a programme on television called I Am A Sex Addict. So I hope you didn't, but you did, didn't you? She's a sex addict. Thank you. I'd be very cross if you did that, and you did, didn't you? Very cross. No, she, Ulrika made a, made a programme called I Am A Sex Addict, where she talked about her addiction to sex. Mm. And I thought, so she's been married four times. <clears throat> At least she's being honest about it. Well, I know, but she's a Ulrika more, the sex addict. She's sort of a more articulate person. I don't yeah. know. She gets a lot of knocks, Katie. She's a very peculiar woman. She's but you never quite say a she's sexual person. She's not sexy. No, that's Katie, the trouble. No. And she so desperately wants to be sexy, and she isn't. She can trowel on the makeup and look like a bad drag queen. But what I would say is that in person, she's a very, very pretty girl, Katie Price. 
She, yeah, but it doesn't matter she's whether very, she's pretty, pretty or not. And it's, she's had a lot of work, and I don't think her work is made fan, her aren't you? better. No, you're I'm a not fan, aren't really. I can I'm not, tell. I'm not a fan. Have you got a picture tattooed on your arm or I've something? I've got the word Katie written on oh, my... Oh, dear <laughs> God. No, I'm not a fan. I'm not a fan. But she's naturally very, very pretty, and she's mixed up. She's a mixed yes, but up, she's been dysfunctional stri- person. I'm a, who was it who told me ages ago? Somebody said, look into her eyes, and you'll see emptiness. You'll see total emptiness, totally dead from the eyes, because she's been in that industry, and unfortunately it's ruined her. LBC 97.3. Steve Allen. Morning, everybody. 26 minutes to seven. Yes, we're in Radio Times. Face behind the voice. I don't know which picture they've used, actually. I'm probably going to be mortified to discover which, but perhaps it's a line drawing this year. It'll be a lot easier. I think they have to contract, contact John and go, have you got a picture? And then John hunts through and finds the one that looks least like me to put in. <laughs> Very embarrassing. Uh, in the paper today, not embarrassing at all, uh, Jonathan Ross has revealed that his uh, daughter, uh, Betty Kitten, uh, is a lesbian... As I say, looking at the picture, it's either that or she's Orville the Duck, because she's dyed her hair green. Betty Kitten is... Now, there's a question. I think she's probably about, um... 18, 19. Doesn't actually say. I don't know what what she does for a living. But uh, Honey Kinney is 14. A little bit peculiar, the whole family, actually. Mm. And then they've got the, the son, Harvey Kirby... Must be where Jamie Oliver got his ideas. Well, they all get these balmy ideas, don't they? But she does dye her hair green, and uh, and she's pictured the paper. And couples arguing. What is the the thing that most couples argue about? Money. No. Strange enough, money is not featured in the top ten at all. Really? No. Uh, Number ten, not flushing the toilet. Oh, sort of specific little niggly things. Number nine, hoarding stuff. You know, throw it away. Oh, I can imagine it's rubbish. lots of couples yeah. argue about that. Number eight, leaving wet towels on the floor. Why would couples argue about this? I wouldn't imagine that would be an argument. No. Uh, leaving dirty cups around the house. No. Leaving lights on. Why would, excuse me. Why would anybody argue about leaving a cup around the house? It's what women are for, to go around and pick them up and put them in the sink. Goodness sake. Unless, of course, you're staying at that gay boarding... Sorry, straight Christian boarding house, in which case they don't leave any cups around at all. It's absolutely immaculate. <laughs> uh, not replacing the toilet roll... Well, what's the point? So you're on the loo and they go, there's no toilet roll. I mean, you know, can't you find it? It's normally, oh, they don't put it back on the thing. Oh, right. I've got a roller, a holder thing. She said said that quite pointedly. Oh, we we can imagine hers is is actually outside on the window ledge. (laughs) You know, it's where she keeps the milk, the butter and the cheese. She's got an outside toilet. She sits there at the end of the garden with some cut-up newspaper on a bent nail, <laughs> sitting there hoping that, you know, the person from next door is not going to come in because it's his garden shed. Uh, flicking TV channels is apparently annoying. Well, if you're trying to watch something, I suppose. But then, if you're married, you would go, should we watch this? And you go, yeah, you don't sit there and go, click, while somebody's doing it, do you? No. No, definitely not. Dirty loos. A lot of loo things, aren't there? There are lots of loo things. Yeah. And stubble in the sink. Well, if you're Betty Kitten, I suppose that would be applicable. But, I mean, for anybody else, no. Stubble in the sink. Not cleaning up after I've never even heard of it. Stubble. What is stubble in the sink? if you're having a shave and then you don't rinse it away. If you're shaving in the sink. Well, how many people do that? Well, by the sound of it. Well, that's just ridiculous. Things that annoy men. Yes. Watching soaps. Right. Ladies who watch soaps. Flicking TV chats. So it's the women who are doing this. Leaving dirty cups around the house, leaving tissues around the house. Tissues, yeah, women. T- you get a lot of tissues, do you? Tissues. 
What for? Don't what, they blow their nose and then put the tissue down? I've never heard of it. Tissues in handbags. Women have always got tissues in their handbags. Really? Some... Oh, uh, what, dirty tissues? Or just tissues. Oh, dear me. Overfilling bins. Oh, yeah. But it's, it's a man's job to take the bin out. Hoarding stuff again. Hair in the plug hole. Hair in the plug... My God, some very old families around here. Leaving the lights on, nagging about chores, and here is the number one gripe for things that annoy men. How long does it going to take you to get ready? Because men apparently only take five minutes. And women are still there. Wait a minute, I'll just go back in. I'll just do my hair. I used to know somebody, and their, their partner could take up to two hours to get ready. Which one, the man or the woman? Man. The man would take two hours. Two hours to get ready. The bathroom door would be locked. And you go, how much longer are you going to be? And they would apparently just sit there staring at themselves. I mean, you should have put a camera in there. <laughs> staring at themselves in front of the mirror. <laughs> and if there was one hair out of place, out would come the tweezers. And yeah. it just... How long do you take to get ready? It depends. On, on a morning like this, about 15 minutes. Oh, right. But, um, but usually, I like to have a leisurely morning ablution. Yeah. Takes me 45 minutes. Yeah. But the thing is, I can't do it quicker. If you have a nice bath, yeah. you lay your clothes out. Do you lay your clothes lay your out? clothes out? Well, like in the shape of yourself, flat on the bed. The, I, if I, I laid them out in five... the shape of myself, believe you me, it'd be a different bed. I do that with my five-year-old daughter. You she, don't. She likes it. If you do it like a flat person, if you lay the trousers out and you put the knickers like where they would be and the t-shirt you above it, don't. and then the shoes with the little, oh, little socks pushed into the me. shoes and the outfit that she wants to wear, and that's it. Yeah. Well, then if she's in the bath, she has a bath, then she can get out of the bath and dry, and then there's like a flat version of herself lying on the bed that she can then put the clothes on. So glad I've not got children. Oh. God, it's just the godchildren. I've never heard of my godchildren laying clothes out. You don't lay clothes out? No. Not even for myself. I've got them all hanging up. What what do you mean, choose an outfit? Well, you go and skip into your dressing room and say, (laughs) what shall I wear today? I generally get out a divining stick and I'm going, (laughs) um, um, and I'm kind of led to a shirt, because I wear shirts once. And then your gentleman's gentleman would say, very good, sir, pull down the suit and dust it down a yes. bit and lay it out. Yes. I do have a sticky roller, but that's not my problem. And I use that because you get a lot of fluff on and things. Lint. Lint. But I, I do have all the shirts hanging up, and 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 I just put a shirt on like anybody else. I don't... I, I, I do look at it and think... I mean, this morning I did put one shirt on and go, I don't think so, not today. And took it off again. Are they lined up in colour order? No, no, they're just lined up. They're just lined up, mm. yeah. All the shirts. All together. over the place. Yeah. All over the place. I end up... Get, because I took 18 shirts in to be washed and ironed the other day right, so 18 yeah. came back yeah. and then yesterday I went out and bought another 10 shirts right well you can never quite... have too many you can never have too many shirts and also i'm fickle i change uh steve uh you don't have to sunbathe you can make sand pies and collect seashells and eat driddlyum dribbly ice cream in a corner and wear a bowl of hat to keep me proud of you yeah i'm not really sure i, c- I cannot things to do on a beach yes i mean i, I don't do sand pies i no really can i did have a bucket and spade as a child yeah 33. And, uh, and that was quite nice. But I don't do dribbly ice cream. Do you not? No, because I've only got to get a wasp around me and that's it. I well, can I go wasps. screaming like a banshee down the, down the shore into the <laughs> you sea. Need, you need to walk around with a can of Raid. And then, right. and then if you... The I tried that. That really near, annoys you, them. If your wasps come near, you just spray them and they... Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but they don't do it straight away. They're going zzz and heading for me. Yeah. I obviously give angry. off a pheromone that spells fear. Mm. And the fear is me, because I'm terrified of bees and wasps. Yeah. And I've been known to stand there. And, of course, if you can't see it, you just think I'm having a fit. You know, woo, 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 like that. Yeah. You know, waving your arms Flaming up your head. A bit, like a, a bit like a windmill. <laughs> um, Steve, I've been on my own for five years as Amanda. 
Oh, nice of you to write in, Poppet. Well done. Uh, my daughter goes to college and gets £30 a week EMA. I earn 20000 a year, and with this I pay a large mortgage and just about manage from month to month on an extremely tight budget. If EMA stopped, I'd have to find another 120 a month for travel fares. My daughter would have to leave college. I just couldn't cope. Get her a bike. I mean, how far away is she from college? I mean, many of these people could actually get bikes and, you know, or walk. Something like that. Yeah. You know, depending. I'm still worried about laying clothes out flat on the bed. I've never heard anything like this in my life. Very odd. Uh, Steve, I'm stuck on the Limehouse Link Road. My tyre blew. I've been waiting for the police for about 15 minutes. Uh, there's a lot of traffic going past and a lot of angry drivers. Well, you're a pain, aren't you? You should get off there immediately. Push the car off the side of the road. How dare you hold up people on the Limehouse Link? It's outri- I do apologise, ladies and gentlemen. Very silly driver there with a the blown-out tyre. <laughs> uh, I've, g- I've got a great little story to tell you about the duck. Oh, yes, what's the duck? We walked into a pub and ordered a pint of beer and a ham sandwich. And the barman looked at him and said, You're a duck. The duck goes, well, your eyes are working. And you can talk, says the barman. Yes, your ears are working, says the duck. If you don't mind, can I have my beer and my sandwich? Certainly, sorry about that, he says, as the uh, barman pulls the duck's pint. He said, we just don't get many ducks in this pub. What are you doing round this way? So the duck goes, I'm working on the building site over the road. I'm a plasterer. So the barman goes... It's unbelievable. So, anyway, the duck pulls out a newspaper and proceeds to read it. The duck reads the paper, drinks the beer, eats his sandwich, bids the barman good day and leaves. Same thing happened for two weeks. Then one day the circus comes to town. And the ringmaster comes into the pub for a pint. And the barman says, you're with the circus, aren't you? I know this duck that could be brilliant in your circus. He talks, drinks beer, eats sandwiches, reads the newspaper and everything. Sounds marvellous. Sounds marvellous, says the ringmaster, handing over his business card. Get him to give me a call. So the next day, when the duck comes into the pub, the barman says, Hello, Mr Duck, I can get you a good job paying really good money. I'm always looking for the next job, says the duck. Where is it? At the circus, says the barman. The circus, says the duck. Yep, says the barman, the circus. The duck says, what, with the big tent? Yep. With all the animals who live in cages and performers who live in caravans, says the duck. Yep, says the barman. And the tent's got canvas sides and a big canvas roof and a hole in the middle... That's right, says the barman. The duck shakes his head in amazement. He said, what the dickens do they want with a plasterer? (laughs) Thank you, Ivor, very much indeed. That's today's long-winded joke. I know. (laughs) Sometimes you think the producer's ahead of the game and then you look at her and you suddenly realise the lights are on but nobody's home, which is always a good start. (laughs) Oh, dear, because you pushed the button earlier on and I'm not going to make you forget it. Uh, Aaron Porter, Mm. president... Oh, how appropriate today. President of the National Union of Students... Is looking at the papers. Not a hillmake of Katie Price. Mm. Do you think she ever went to school? Do you think she went to a school and studied things? And if so, what? What would you study at school if you were Katie Price? O levels. O levels. <laughs> have you got any qualifications? Have you got a lot. Uh, I've, I have a few GCSEs. Right. And A-levels. Do they help you get a job and a degree? Oh, um, oh and a degree. Oh, sorry, and a degree we threw in at the last minute. I went from straight from. No, in fact, they didn't help me get a job because I started my first day of work. Um, at the BBC, in fact, the day I graduate, uh, the day before, the day after I finished my last exam. Wow! So before I f- even got my results. Wow! And I've been working ever since. So isn't it interesting that we go to college or university or school or prep or whatever it happens to be, and in a lot of people's case, especially around here, their qualifications did not get them the job. No, no. I didn't get my job my through wor- qualification. Nobody work ever asked. Got me my job. Yeah. No. Well, Working I'm, for free yes. got me my job. She did work experience. You did work experience. I mean, yeah. I just applied for a job, and I got a job. So, what's the point of qualifications? What's the point of saying... I mean, I know you have to, and I'm supposed to tell people, and you go, oh, you need them more and more. Well, everybody I've met 
hasn't got any qualification. Mm. Nobody's ever asked in this business, excuse me, do you have... Yes, exactly, you might have them, but Nobody you don't asks. need them for the job. Nobody, Nobody ever asks. They don't yeah. go, you know, so you've got a degree in knitting. It's just a series you know. of hoops, isn't it? Sometimes, it depends what you learn, so it can help you. You've obviously got to be numerate and literate, don't you? And you well, can get that through reading that. papers. Yeah, that's true. You know, I mean, I'm, I'm very educated when it comes to reading papers. Yeah. Very funny and witty, yeah. it says somewhere in my contract. Quarter to seven. News headline, Sam Pittis. Podcasts. Go to lbc.co.uk slash podcasts. Oh, please, podcasts. Please, please buy Radio Times. Please he says, because I'm Times. the voice of whatever it is. The voice of, of reason. Voice of reason. Vo- the voice behind the micro. Face behind the mic. Voice behind... I don't know. I've just said I was going to get a, a fridge freezer today. And so Jonathan Levi says, low-hanging. <laughs> and I'm thinking, what world have I wandered into <laughs> today? I said, what kind of he said, But I said, is it for is your... Is it chest? I said, what do you think I am? I'm not a glamour model. But is it a chest freezer no, it's that you a... open? Like, no, no, like, no, as if you're no. It's uh, um, ice creams. No, no, it's under counter. Under counter. But how can you get a fridge and a freezer under a counter unless your counter's up in the sky? How high is your counter? Well, it's it's two fridge and freezer. Oh, next to each other, not above each. No, not above each other. No, next. Oh, so you're going to buy two things: a fridge and a freezer, yes. not a fridge freezer. Yes. So it's yes. not one. Did I not make that clear? I thought it's, you said you were buying a fridge freezer. Well, it is. It's a fridge and a freezer. A fridge... Well, I'm, I'm, listen, because I missed a word out, I don't <clears> think that's a, a, you know, a necessity to sort of hang me from Waterloo Bridge. One plug or two? Two. So, so two totally separate... You're far too nosy about my kitchen, for, 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 if you but want to know what's good for you. you're not happy with your pre-existing... I, I just want another one. Another two. Another two, yes. Another two. Because strangely enough, actually, I don't know why I'm buying two, because I have got a freezer at the moment. It's, a, it's a, an upright drawers pulling out. Yeah. But to be honest with you, does anybody use freezers nowadays? My auntie used to use freezer. Yeah, you see, she does. I don't use a freezer that often. Where else do you put fish fingers? Well, I've got a freezer box at the top of my fridge. OK. So, I mean, and I don't eat that. I know because you've got children, you have to obviously, you know, do lots of fish fingers. I might have fish fingers about once every three months, so it's hardly worth bothering. <laughs> Frozen low piece. hanging fresh fish fingers <laughs> and that lovely Mars vodka drink. Yes, that's quite. I don't have any of that in there at all at the moment. In fact, to be honest with you, I can't remember the last time I actually opened the freezer. <laughs> the, the might actually see there's just vodka in hers. I think there might be two ice lollies in mine. But you're about to go and buy another one. I know, but I might, I might want three ice lollies. <laughs> They're huge. The ice lollies I've got. They're about six foot tall. They're like this. Goes on a stick. I mean, I can lick it for for a day and then put it back in. <laughs> So are you going to get your existing freezer and fridge collected? You're now too nosy. Yes, I'm, yes, the council. So that you'll, you'll take them out, one by one, and yeah. get them collected, and then you'll yes. put your new ones I go on. I go online, and it says, shall we come round and re- remove your low-hanging freezer? <laughs> and <laughs> I put yes, and they say, can you put it somewhere prominent? So I generally stick it on top of somebody's car outside, you know. You can't miss it that way. Then they come and take it for £25 or something. And is something. it integrated, or is it just going to be... You're very rude, aren't you? I don't know if it's integrated. I don't sil- know. I think it was Catholic. silver one or white? Sorry? White? White. It's silver. white. Yes. White. Silver. Silver. Sometimes no, chrome. No, no, no. Oh, God, Silvery no. colour? No, no, no. It's, it's, it's going to be... Um, white goods. White goods. Yeah. And fa- a fairly simple thing, a bit like her, actually. It's going to be, you know, <laughs> just there, so you open up the door and it's got some milk in there and some salad stuff, and that's it. Sounds nice. Yeah. We've managed to fill ten minutes talking about it, so it can't be that bad, can it? Uh, Brian says, what a good way of venting your feelings about politicians using cut-up newspaper as toilet paper. <laughs> People used to do that. That's not as far back as you think. Does it flush away, though, newspaper? Well, in the early days, you had the little... You had the thing at the bottom of the garden. Right. You know, people used to laugh at them. There'd be people listening who remember those. And you would cut up newspaper and put it on a nail. Right. 
Many's the time we used to bend my mother over to read the uh, latest edition of the Daily Telegraph. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, somebody says, you said you were born in 61. That makes you 50. I didn't say I was born in... I've never said I was born in 61. 50? You're not going to be 50 no, for it's about out 11 r- years. Exactly. It's out r- I'm coming up 40, for goodness sake. Oh, dear. And Darren says, I totally get the wasp thing. Oh, I, I, don't, I hate wasps. I hate wasps. Hate they just wasps. don't know when to go away. You know, yeah, you can tell it. them, and they just... I flap, I'm afraid. I flap. People say, just stand there, it'll go away. Don't, it's fudging, it's gonna, sit, it's gonna go down the back of my neck. Sometimes my daughter Estella hates wasps, and we get chased down the street sometimes by I've wasps. Been, I was chased by a bee at Hampton Court Palace. They go after you, they can chase you for a long time. Yes, it, ch- it chased me from the front. And of course, people are watching me, and I'm trying to build a bigger bush. running, running, and they're <laughs> chasing you, you can just hear that buzzing sound, it's right oh, by don't, you. Don't, 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 if one appeared in here now, we had a wasp's nest at home. Really? And there were loads of them. In fact, twice we've, we've called the man round. Very good, you know, 26 quid. Unfortunately, she does kill them. They won't come round and do bees, because no. bees are protected. protected yeah. But uh, wasps, you have to get rid of. It's difficult if you've got a flat where there's, you know, kids trying to get in and out. And bees become very aggressive, but, oh, horrible, horrible There's things. lots of lavender along the street near where we live, so in the summer, the wasps... What, you're living in Neil's yard or something? Yeah. There's lots of lavender, honestly. You know, so down our country road, we've got lavender, <laughs> lavender, sweet pea, and we've got orchards on one side. <laughs> but it means that you get chased by wasps You're living in, in an Enid Blyton book, aren't you? You've had, you're, and you're not actually married with children at all. You don't actually lay the clothes out on the bed, do you? <laughs> you're living in a squat down at Parliament Square. <laughs> if anything like it, we've got lavender growing outside there. Lives on the Euston Road. Uh, we live eight miles away from the college. Two buses and a train, says Amanda. Oh, right. right. Yes, eight miles, probably. If you thought of moving closer, yes, a, fr- a, free, a free travel card would solve it, wouldn't it? Yeah. You just give a travel card, like, like you give to the kids at school. Oh. Frankly, we should take, take that away from them. Yeah, I think the school kids' one should be away. Well, they, they should, should have a school walk. bus. There's an obesity epidemic amongst the young. Yes. I'm not surprised. Walk. You've seen the rubbish food that's on sale everywhere. Uh, did you watch Ricky Gervais? Um, no. No, I didn't watch him either. I saw but a few things he was quoted saying his sort of jokes as if they were outrageous. And yeah. The thing is, what Americans find outrageous and what we found outrageous different. are quite different. Yes. So actually, it seemed like very sort of scripted, very mild, very sort of pre-agreed with every publicist you can imagine, sort of jokes that everybody would, like, pretend to find outrageous. I mean, there was nothing offensive about any of it. No, I didn't think so. Scientologists might have found a few things offensive, but, I I mean, everybody else just went, no, it's it's just, you know, one one person probably in particular. But it was just funny. We didn't... I didn't think it was offensive. No. You know? No. So, in in your Enid Blyton world today... yeah. Will you be going for the Daily Telegraph, who are offering you a free bag of sugar... Just what you need, isn't it, today? You know, everybody's going, can we have a travel card? No, the Daily Express giving you a free bag of Tate and Lyle granulated sugar. Well, I use it when I'm creating lashings of ginger beer. Yes. I did like this film, where the kids were going, crikey, crikey. And it was, it was, it was a bit Tom Brown school days. It was yeah. very funny. Very funny. I did, I did ask at the very bit, by, by contrast, strange enough, the Daily Star are offering you a free Kit Kat. Well, I don't really like Kit Kats. Not really big into Kit It's a really six-pack Kit Kat. Occasionally, when I was a child, you remember you did very, very occasionally get Kit Kats where they'd forgotten to put the wafer in. It was solid chocolate. No, you, you must have. A, no, the wafer was not in it. Not in it, so it was just solid. That was in chocolate. fact Cadbury's, and it was in fact a chocolate bar. No, no, no. Sometimes I bet some listeners are, or, or, will remember yeah. that occasionally no wafer, solid chocolate, very, very good quality chocolate around oh, the Kit right. Kat, and therefore it's what well, it seemed like it at the time. Oh, right. And therefore you got to eat the, eat it. Solid. What a fascinating insight into one of ITV's biggest producers, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> Suck the chocolate off a Kit Kat to get at the wafer inside. <laughs> All very bizarre. Uh, in the paper today, they're, they're, they're now said they had the police down. 
assisting Alex's parents getting his stuff out of the house he shared. The new removal firm. I did. The, the new removal company, The Police, yeah. <laughs> which is very good indeed. Uh, Piers Morgan, 200 million people tuning in. Oh, I suspect 199 million were sad businessmen in a hotel trying to find the porn channel and came across him by mistake. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> it's a very big show. All uh, hats off. Very really. big show. Very big show. So he gets Oprah Winfrey. So the the one million of you that saw it, well done there. Piers knows how to spell my name, and um, well done to Colin Firth. And Claire Nazir is the one who's mentioned in the Goss column in the Daily Star today, where they say, we've now seen the body lots and lots of times, all the different bikinis, enough, please, already. No, really, they say, enough. OK, which is, which is good news. And um, will we ever discover the top telly star and his wife who've successfully gagged a single mum to stop her selling a story about alleged phone sex sessions with him? You can only guess at those, ladies and gentlemen. Lovely to see you. Lovely to see you. And uh, back to laying out the clothes on the bed again. And good luck with your fridge freezer. Yes, yes. The, the fridge freezer. and the, it's the fridge and the freezer. And uh, Jonathan Levi will be back next week at the same time. Thank you very much indeed. Thank you very much. So don't forget, face behind the or voice behind. Oh, I forgot what it is. And it's Radio Times. And uh, and it's a picture of me today. And you can learn something. You'll be finding out who my favourite presenters are. Actually, that might be a shock to somebody. Uh, and back tomorrow morning. Don't forget to blog and podcast. Nick with you after seven. First of all, business update. Sam Pitt.